Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Back with Inside Purple and Gold, Odyssey's new Vikings podcast. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani here. Uh, please follow, like, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, any platform in which you listen to it. You can find this podcast regularly. So go ahead and, and hit the little bell to subscribe, hit the plus to follow. Um, you know, we love we love having you listen to every episode, and that's the best way to make sure you get them all downloaded to your phone without having to go look for it. Dane, here we go. Like We are officially shifting. We are moving out of the preseason. We are moving into regular season, preparation, mindset, all that stuff. So we let's look it. at – yeah, we're going to go macro here to start. Um, let's look at this season from a perspective of – we're going to get to like what we think will happen. We'll get to like more predictions as we get like butt up right to that regular season opener against Green Bay on September 11th. But look, let's look at the different paths in which this team could travel this year. Um, and, and let's start out with the bad. That way we can finish on a high note towards the end of this episode. But we know like the Vikings have pretty high expectations, at least of being a playoff team at minimum, um, contending for that and getting into that. I think we all agree that if they don't, like this season will go down as a failure. Now exactly what should be considered a success, we will also discuss um, in the, within these next two weeks. But in what ways, because you have a team that missed the playoffs last year, um, and they certainly, you know, they brought in a new front office, new coaching staff, all of that. Some new pieces, not a ton. Uh, so there's always going to be some risk that maybe a team that isn't a playoff team is still not going to be a playoff team this time around. What is the path you think that is for this team failing and coming up short of their goal of being a playoff team? And I think being an actual threat when they get into the playoffs as well. I think it, if the season goes off the rails, it's going to be because of their offensive line. And it, it's going to be something that we've talked quite a bit about like seeing a problem that exists and then not going 
out of your way to fix it. Like Garrett Bradbury could be a hindrance on this team's success this year. And I, I think it's more likely than not that he will be. I think at some point you're going to have to, to, to address that. Um, he hasn't really shown at any point in his career that he can be that anchor, that pass blocking guy that you really need, you know, to anchor that pocket at the center position. I think it could be by maybe the first month of the season that we start to see Chris Reed. It seems like the Vikings wanted to work him into that role throughout the preseason, but he, he hurt his elbow. couldn't do that. Um, I think if Garrett Bradbury is the starting center for 17 games, that could be an issue. I think unless he takes a giant leap, which we haven't seen, I think it's going to be an issue and it could go for the entire offensive line as a whole, like why this thing could go off the rails. But I think it's probably him who I'm most concerned about. Like, I guess you could look at a guy like Christian Darisaw. Is he ready to be a bona fide left tackle in, in the NFL? If he's not, you're probably going to give up a lot of sacks. You're probably not going to have a lot of time to throw the ball. Dalvin cook's probably not going to have a lot of running lanes up the left side. If, if Christian Darisaw is maybe, maybe you're fine. Um, but I, I think that's the top of, of my list of concerns when it comes to the Vikings this season is, is their offensive line good enough? Um, it hasn't been for the past couple of years and they haven't really done a lot to address it. Yeah. I'm with you in that there are questions and it could be good and it could be bad. And like, I actually look at, you know, a couple of reputable sites as far as, you know, football and analysis and it's, it's PFF, uh, pro football focus on their sharp football analysis. Um, Frankly, like PFF had, had the Vikings, I think in like June or July as the 19th best offensive line heading into this year. And I think that'd be great. Um, you know, if you can just have right. a middle tier offensive line, there are so many weapons uh, that this team should be pretty good consistently offensively throughout the year. Uh, but then you have like sharp football and it was this month and they ranked up like 26. And that I think is also a possible outcome because like you said, we don't know about Christian Verisaw. Uh, in on the interior, you have Bradbury, you have Ingram also like, you know, Ingram is an un unproven commodity and we're going to see how that plays out here. Uh, Bradbury is a proven commodity and that it's not very good. Uh, so like there are a lot of questions and an offensive line, as we've seen many times, uh, I think Sam Bradford's first season comes to mind in Minnesota. Like that can deteriorate a team. Like it can like, sink everything you're trying to do. If the offensive line is not good. Um, and we've seen that here multiple times. Uh, it, it can just, there are too many weeks where you can just lose on up front to the point where you can't do anything. And it does kind of render Kirk cousins, Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, all moot. Like there are a lot of good weapons there, but they can frankly be, taken out of the game because Minnesota can't get anything going. They can't get any push. They can't get any protection. Um, there if are you're there going are... three and out every series. It, I mean, it doesn't matter if you have Justin Jefferson, it doesn't matter if he emerges as the, the best wide receiver in the league. If you can't hold your block and, and the pockets collapsing around you, like none of that matters. So you're totally right. Like that, that can totally make a team, kind of implode into itself over time if you, if you have no time to throw the ball. I'm still, like you talked about the offensive line, I'm still more concerned about the defense. Uh, this was like a bottom 10 unit last year. Um, and and you can point at guys who they get, like the Daniel Hunter, they get back. That's almost like a massive addition in that he's healthy and ready to go to start the year. You get Zedaria Smith. But like there are a ton of guys playing this year who – 
were on this team last year and frankly just weren't good enough. Uh, they weren't the level of players that we were used to seeing them be in the past. Like we always like look up names. It's like, well, you've got Harrison Smith, you've got Eric Kendricks. Those guys weren't good enough last year. And so a lot of it comes down to, can these guys return to form? Uh, maybe guys who didn't play as well last year. Do they have enough talent on this team defensively? Uh, are they good set enough at corner? Because these are groups where the, the, the position groups don't look that different and they weren't good enough last year. Uh, now you're switching to a 3-4 scheme. Maybe that helps, but there's also a transition there and you have to kind of account for that. I know, like we've touched on it, the fact that they pretty much had it set uh, who the ones were and all these guys got all these reps. And so training camp, they should have been able to install and, and acclimate and adjust to a lot of things. But it's still like they're all going to get out there and really run it uh, without much preseason reps week one against Aaron Rodgers. Um, and if this thing gets off to a slow start, if it's kind of weird finding guys fits, if you see maybe they didn't fit as well, player A didn't quite slot into this 3-4 as well as you thought, um, this was already a group that was poor. I could see it getting worse, frankly, um, because we talk about Daniel Hunter and Zedaria Smith being health question marks anyway. Like, how long can they hold up? They look good now. Uh, I, there are a lot of questions on that end of the ball, and I think I could see it being bottom 10 again, frankly, um, just because it doesn't look that different. And we don't know if 3-4 is going, you know, and Donatel's scheme is going to be like a snap your fingers, and there it is, okay? Now it's back to being a top 10 defense because it took a top 10-ish defense for this team to be like a playoff team in past years, and it wasn't mm -hmm. close to that last season. Yeah, and it's, it's always – I don't want to use the cop-out of – the season could go wrong if, if they get injured because like, obviously that's everybody. Yeah. But if Neil Hunter or Zadarius Smith get injured, like the defense suffers because I think for most of the preseason and most of training camp, we've been saying kind of screaming uh, a big pass rush can, can make up for a lot of the defensive warts to your point. The defense still has a lot of warts. Harrison Smith is a year older. Yeah. And he's, in the decline of his career, he's still probably a pretty good safety league-wide. I, I would say he's viewed as, as a, I don't know, top tier is even. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The right way to classify it anymore. But he's a respectable safety league-wide. League but he's a year older. Eric Hendricks is a year older. And you look at it across the board, Patrick Peterson is your number one cornerback, but he's not Patrick Peterson from when he was with you know, the Arizona Cardinals and, and doing everything. He's in the twilight of his career, and he, he's going to have to be the number one cornerback at all times this season. So, yeah, depth is a totally a concern, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. They need a good defense if they want to be a competitive team. Um, so if we're pointing at a, at a couple of things that could make them not so competitive, I think defense makes sense. Uh, the last thing that could make the season, if we're saying, why will it go wrong? Kirk Cousins. And yeah. I, I, yep. I, you know, it, it kind of always starts and stops at Kirk Cousins. And I don't say this as, well, Kirk Cousins is going to be bad. Kirk Cousins is, is not a good quarterback. Like, I, I think I've been pretty upfront with how I'm a Kirk Cousins critic, but also can, like, we got to criticize him for the right things. We can't just like, criticize him for everything he, he's been good at times and and we have to kind of acknowledge that if we're going to acknowledge all the times he's bad but i think there's just something polarizing about him a, a lightning rod quality that what if him and justin jefferson start to beef you know like 
I'm, I'm just taking these imaginary scenarios down the road, but like there's proof of this happening. Like Stefan Diggs, I'm not saying Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson are the same person, but Stefan Diggs grew tired of Kirk Cousins, not just giving him a chance, not throwing him the ball. And that became a huge issue that, that, that bled into the locker room. And and I think as a whole, that kind of helped tank that season or on, on Stefan Diggs's way out of town, at least as far as potential goes, uh, you know, for them being, you know, reaching their highest potential as a team. I think you could see something similar happen just because of who Kirk Cousins is as a, a leader of a football team. Um, he's not for everyone. And I think we know that. Um, is he for Justin Jefferson? If he throws him the ball a lot and, and makes him the number one receiver in the league, then yeah, he'll be Justin Jefferson's cup of tea. But if Justin Jefferson feels like he's he can get to a, a level this season and Kirk Cousins is the reason he's not getting there, I think the thing could go up in flames. So maybe this is just my chance or I'm taking my shot at, at, at taking a shot at Kirk Cousins. But I think it's a real thing that the Vikings should have to worry about is this guy hasn't ever been good enough. And, and if we want to get over the hump, what makes us think now is the time. Yeah, um, it is. When you don't have like a quarterback who elevates everything around you, then that is when everything has to go right for you to be like a high quality team. And Kirk still has never proven that he's an elevating quarterback. Uh, he's proven that he can, he can do what is meant to be done. Like if the offensive line plays well enough and you know, he has a great receiver, he, that receiver can look great with Kirk cousins. Um, we've seen that, uh, you know, the offense that has a bunch of talent can perform with Kirk cousins, but you know, can you overcome a, a rough defense? Can you overcome a rough offensive line performance? And right now it's, it's been no and no. And so now like for Minnesota, you're kind of crossing your fingers that both things that you kind of patched up, hold up. Um, and if they don't, then yeah, you don't really have like that. Well, we have Kirk cousins. He's kind of like our flex seal patch it up there and, and the leaks maybe they're still there, but they don't uh, sink the ship. Um, so that's a pretty big question mark. I, I want to look at the early season schedule just because this is a team that is with the new coaching staff, like Kevin O'Connell is doing new things offensively. You know, Donatel is doing new things defensively. It's Kevin O'Connell's first, you know, season as a head coach. So him, hey, well, how is he going to manage challenges, timeouts, those kinds of things that can swing games. And it's early on, like you can kind of make or break. And we've seen rookie coaches have success hundred percent. We've seen rookie coaches struggle. Um, and it's just kind of with all the new things going on, is Minnesota going to be able to come out of the gates hot? And I ask that because their early schedule is not super forgiving. Like it just in general, Minnesota's strength of schedule is pretty middle, middle of the pack, but you start with green Bay and we'll touch on this, like as we head into that week, but if you want to win the division, it's really hard to win the division. If you don't beat green Bay at home, uh, because mm -hmm. you're kind of digging yourself like a two game hole there and potentially a three game hole. If you don't win the Lambeau game and now you've lost the tiebreaker and just two games other than that, that you have to make up on green Bay. You have to beat Green Bay at, at U.S. Bank Stadium. But Green Bay is an 11-win team in the over-unders um, on DraftKings right now. So, like, that is projected to be a good team. So, say you lose that game. You know, it's your first game with, you know, playing under these new schemes, a lot of adjustment. Now you head to Philly on Monday night. Philly is a nine-and-a-half-win team uh, for DraftKings right now. You get a little bit of a reprieve. You play the Lions week three. You probably expect to win that one. And then you play New Orleans. Well, that's an eight-and-a-half-win team. Uh, and then you play the bears and then you go dolphins. Well, that's a nine win team in Miami. And then you, then you host the Cardinals, a playoff team from a year ago. 
That's a nine-win team uh, by DraftKings. These are all like teams that are supposed to be playoff caliber here in in five of these first seven weeks or so. Um, that's tough. Uh, you could you could find yourself digging a pretty quick hole early on, just as you're trying to, you know, everybody's acclimating to these new schemes. You're trying to get things going, like Kirk Cousins in a new offense. Uh, how it all works out, how quickly they mesh is going to be a huge thing because if it doesn't, if they, if it does take a little while to get going, if it does take a little while for cousins on this offense to jive, if it does take a while to figure out exactly which pieces fit best defensively here, you could all of a sudden be in a hole where you're two and four and you're like, I don't know. It's a pretty uphill climb on just to get to the playoffs. So I think how quickly they start, you would understand if it's slow, but it can't afford to be slow. And I think that's a concern heading into this as well.